Top of the morning to you, mate. Hello, lovely people. Uh, sorry, that's my Cockney accent. It's not. It's still being worked on. Hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of our Inner Voices. For those of you listening for the first time, let me introduce this shit real quick so you can know what we do here. This podcast is for critical thinkers, idea junkies, people who sometimes have that tinfoil hat on when the government announces suspicious shit. You know, we saw that Epstein shit. We invite new guests on the podcast to discuss issues affecting society and generally interesting conversations that aim to educate and entertain. Uh, those who tune in often, first let me just say an apology for being offline for a few months. As some of you might know, I was working on my final master's project um, and it felt, uh, it felt right to take a break from this show to focus on my studies. As you know, us brothers and sisters have to work on our minds as well as our crafts. To make it up to you, we are releasing a 25 questions episode on Thursday as a chance for the listeners to get a peek into how Mr. Inner Voice's mind works. Mr. Inner Voice's mind works. Also, on Sunday this week, we will release three episodes. Uh, Don't hold me to that yet. But we'll release three episodes that have been in the vault for for a minute. Um... I have a full-time job at the moment, so I got to try and arrange my time to make up for this. But yes, hope you dig in, enjoy. Also, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend, man. Let's let's make this um, let's make this podcast community a bit bigger, right? Today's topic is titled "I'm an Alien in My Home: Reverse Culture Shock." And we're on. Hello, hello, ladies. Oh shit! Sorry, I mean gentlemen. Hey, I feel that that joke is expired. <laughs> That's a dead joke, man. That's a dad joke. Save that one for your children. Damn! Don't don't kiss my <laughs> my future children like this. <laughs> Poor kids. <laughs> um, hi guys, welcome to another episode of Inner Voices. Today's a late one. It's 10 p.m. Um, for various reasons, um, due to everybody else in except Josh. We were basically okay. Wait, let's do that again. All right, he- everyone, welcome to another episode of Iana Voices. Um, today we have a special guest, Amin. Say Wagwan, Amin. Wagwan. Sorry, I always forget. That means introduce yourself as well. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Hey, he has to um, say that bit. <laughs> hello, my name is Amin. Um, there really, really isn't much of an introduction. Um, I guess. Where are you from? Uh, sure. I'm from South London. Um, born and originally, raised? originally from Morocco. Well, my parents are from Morocco. Um, born and raised in uh, South East London. Um, went to school on Old Kent Road and uh, just came back from Japan. Lived in Japan for two years as an English teacher. I'm resisting the urge to be stereotypical and say konnichiwa to you. 
Because <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Konnichiwa. <laughs> no, because you know how people always like, when you tell them you've gone somewhere, yeah. they're always oh, like, bonjour. oh, shit, let me tell you a word from that I know. Just one oh, word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, great. Yeah, sushi. Well, yeah, awesome. <laughs> and um, Josh, sorry, wait, could you pass me the water? And uh, the pro- and Mr. Producer Josh. Hey, hey, hey people. people. I'm back on again. Yeah, we're really looking forward to this one. All right, first of all, you have if you know I mean, you understand how impressive it is that we managed to find him. <laughs> yeah, I've literally been out out of the country and as soon as I got as soon as I got back I've just been chilling in my room. So, yeah, um I'm like a needle in a haystack. This is the needle in a haystack. So, this is not going to be put on the episode, but I am a bit uh, tipsy. So, it's gonna be a very fun episode, but if I st- if you see me sweating too much, don't get panicked. It's all right. <laughs> no, I'm used to you sweating, man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I used to sweat like mad in college, bro. My bro, armpits, everything. Yeah. That was a real problem back in the day. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Perspiration thing. Yeah. Perspiration thing. <laughs> Links effect. <laughs> I used to wonder then how how am I not able to get a girlfriend? You used to you know I used to be like how am I not able to get a girlfriend? In hindsight, I'm like ah I see. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few reasons, yeah. Okay, so all right, so yeah, today's um today's guest I mean is uh, usually out of the country. He's been in Japan for two years, right? Yeah, about two years, just under two years. And he just recently was. Uh, am, am I allowed to tell the people you were where you were just last? Yeah, go for in it. In case you're hiding from any mercenaries or anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. Go for it. <laughs> so me was also just in Morocco for a bit. Um, like, how long was that? Uh about two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. It seems like you were trying to run away from England. Yeah, no, I was trying to find myself a wife. A considering, wife. Considering I'm back and I'm single, it didn't it didn't turn out well. Oh. Oh, well, man. being single and finding a wife, I thought they go together usually. Nah, he's saying in that no, two weeks it? he should have found one. Yeah, oh, I wasn't successful. brought her back. Why? Why weren't you successful? I don't know, man. Language barrier. And Wait, language barrier? I thought you speak. Uh, don't you speak Arabic? You know, my Japanese is actually better than my Arabic. Now. That okay. is this month. Oh my Ashtafullah! The nerve! Wow. <laughs> Well, your Japanese is actually better than I, your Arabic. Yeah. Um, I find myself thinking, like, quite a lot. I know this word in Japanese, but what is it in Arabic? And I'm just like, jeez, I don't know. For I real? really don't know. Yeah. That's very interesting. Ah. Wait, so, but did you... Okay, so how good would you say percentage-wise your, Jap- your Arabic what is? My Arabic... Uh, I'd say... All right, so... So Moroccans speak a different dialect yeah. to uh, a lot, a lot of the Arabic-speaking world. I heard that um, Morocco, the Moroccan dialect is really difficult for other people <laughs> to understand. Some people, well, it's difficult. It's difficult for Moroccans to understand other people speaking Arabic, mm. but it's okay for other Arabs to understand us. Okay, so that's which is really works. odd. But um, I'd say my percentage of Moroccan Arabic is about thirty percent. My um, my actual Arabic is more like fifteen percent at best. Um, 
Yeah, that's about it, really. Oh, so your that means your Japanese. So what percentage would you say your Japanese is? My Japanese, oh, I would say. I would say forty to forty-five percent. Damn. Mm-hmm. In two years. Yeah. Okay. Gee. If we're just speaking about reading, I mean not reading. Sorry. If we if we're just speaking about talking, mm-hmm. yeah. If we're talking about reading, then let, let's not even get into that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese is just so difficult. So, <laughs> yeah. Because what is it? They got like three different character systems and stuff. And what yeah, is Yeah, yeah. So you've got um, hiragana, you've got mm. katakana, and then you've got kanji. Mm. Uh, hiragana is um, is like their alphabet. It's basically yeah. their alphabet for Japanese words. Yeah, there was one yeah. There was one time I knew it. I can't. <laughs> I was trying to learn. I was trying to learn. Katakana. Never life. Katakana is for no like, idea how to get involved in this conversation. <laughs> All right. Because I was like... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Listen, nerd you weren't an anime school. nerd. That's what it is, man. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I actually had a life watching mainstream shit instead of all your anime shit. <laughs> now, Loki, I did wish I participated more because it's just too many episodes of a lot of stuff now. Oh, man. So getting involved at the moment when you're really busy is like it's too much. I think the shorter the shorter stuff is a lot easier to get into. Like the ones that are like twelve episodes or maybe twenty four episodes. They're a lot easier to get into because the episodes are only like 20 minutes each mm. um, compared to like a series on Netflix, uh, which may be like 40 minutes to an hour each. And it's the same 12 to 13 episodes. So anime is a lot. I guess it's a lot quicker to get through. Now, speaking of anime, let's segue into the home. Well, the place a lot of people would consider the home of anime, Japan. Is that fair enough? Is that a fair statement to make? Yeah, that's that's a okay. fair statement to me. <laughs> yeah. Now, sure. Obviously, we didn't bring um, a few weeks ago. I think me and Amin were talking, uh, just asking him if you'd like to be on the podcast. Or did you say you? I can't remember how that conversation went. Uh, I think I think you asked me. Yes. So yeah. I was like, "Yo, would you like to be on the podcast?" It was like, and Amin was like, "You know, natural question. What would we talk about?" And. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I remember I said, like, well, what have you been feeling recently? What have you been going through? And he was like, oh, I've been going through reverse culture shock. Did I say that right? Yeah, reverse culture shock. Yeah. So when, you know, and then I was immediately, as you can imagine, I got a bit like, um, I was, I, my curiosity was piqued a bit because I was like, well, I thought it's usually just one way. I'm, I know about culture shock, you know, like, um, but reverse culture shock I've never heard that before and so we felt like you know this is a conversation I would like to get to know more but before we um, I mean we're already here now Uh, does anyone want to tell the people what culture shock is and what reverse culture shock is Um, yeah I don't mind I don't mind explaining both Um, so culture shock is when you go to a different country Um, maybe maybe you go there just for a holiday maybe you go there to live and um of course people have a different way of doing things in in different parts of the world and because they're so different to what you've basically grown up with what you've been used to your whole life um it's really hard to it's really hard to adjust to that and um it does it does leave you feeling a bit homesick at mm-hmm. times um reverse culture shock is 
when you've adapted to the customs of another country and the way of doing things and whatnot, and you head back to your home country and you notice small things that we do very differently compared to the country that you're staying in and you end up having to readjust back into your home country jeez so when the things you you and you, you notice the most are they the things that you particularly liked about the, the other culture com- in comparison to your culture couple of things yeah um other things you you really just notice you don't you don't actually you you go over there you live your life and you never notice this a thing until you come back um i'll give you an example so in japan the traffic light the green traffic light is actually quite blue which is pretty what? odd for me to say yeah it's actually quite blue um it's a lot it's a lot more of a softer color than um british traffic lights okay and <laughs> when i came back to the uk yeah um i found myself just staring at a traffic light and i was like <laughs> what why is it so green <laughs> when everyone else is walking along like that's the normal color that to yeah, us, that's exactly. what we always see yeah sometimes so yeah sometimes it's things that you like other times it's just things that you just don't notice you don't you don't think it's a thing until until you come back and you're like well yeah yeah. exactly because that's that's, no that's interesting you say that um before i continue i just want to ask have you ever lived in morocco uh no i haven't i've only visited so what's the longest you've ever been there longest i've ever been there uh it's it's cheating a bit but when i was a baby i was there for like three months but um (laughs) the longest the longest i've been there like consciously is about two months okay when i was a when i was a child i think i was like eight or something okay so so weird hypothetical before we uh, we go back um to what i was gonna say do you feel like if you had grown up in morocco you would have experienced reverse culture shock when you when i returned to go back, back to morocco yeah. definitely so you don't think it's because of like uh, the specific country, like it's England, you feel like no matter where you were going, where you were from rather, you would still experience like that feeling of, wow, this is, I'm, I can't, I'm not used to this. Yeah, definitely. You can, you can go to many, many different countries. Mm. Um, you could go from maybe Fra- from France to Belgium and live in Belgium for five years and come back to France which are, they're basically right next door to each other and experience some sort of reverse culture shock because every country is slightly different. That's very true. It's like, um, you know, a lot of people say if you don't uh, travel enough, you don't, don't, I'm not saying this as a lot of people say this, I'm, this is, uh, what's the word, paraphrasing. Mm. Basically, if you don't, it's people who have gone to more places that um, have a better understanding of the world because they've seen that our way of doing things is so specific to us, but it's not the same. I mean, it doesn't dictate humanity. So like, for example, if you're in, if you're an Englishman or a woman, you there are certain traditions that you that, that that people have here, whereas like um, which makes them feel like this is absolute law. Like I think you were talking 
earlier you were talking about the idea, for example, of um, let's say the idea of relationships, right? Of um, divorce. You might go. You might be in a country like England where it's very easy to get a divorce. You can just like it's very easy because women have a lot of rights, right? Then you mm. go to another country, another part of the world, and divorce um, is the hardest thing to do there. Something that's that's is that a good enough example? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm I'm trying to make mm. an example of what type of things you might experience in but in different parts mm, of the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure that example is not. Because I was going to make this a comment. I mean, there's all kinds of culture. I mean, I haven't re- um, experienced reverse culture shock. I've definitely experienced culture shock because, let's see, like I was born in the U.S. I left when I was four and then we moved to Jordan. Jordan is very different <laughs> to Western definitely, countries. Yeah. Arab. Yeah. You know, the so first I still remember, I vividly remember my brother being absolutely scared when he saw this hole in the ground and they told him that's the toilet <laughs> they call it Turkish toilets it's like no where's the rest of it where's yeah. the seat bit so no nah, that, that's that's a toilet bro that's what you have to use then um you have like they there's no toilet paper there toilet paper isn't that's a whole different concept no you, you use, use water, you use water yeah. and your hand it's like no, I'm not. I'm not touching. That. <laughs> I'm not doing that. So that's disgusting. So when you get used to doing that for years, then you come. Okay, you're in the UK now. Boom, toilet paper. Why is it so dry? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, uh, and this is the way that everyone does things. Like I mean, this these type of things. Like, did you experience uh, similar things? Like to what Josh said. Like, okay, so when you got to Japan, what was the first thing that? gave you culture shock what was the first difference you major difference you noticed between the english culture and the japanese culture that's that's a very interesting one um so i i watched a lot of anime and i studied quite a bit of japanese before i left mm-hmm. um and i thought okay i'm prepared i'm really prepared for that right i'm really prepared for japan um and i mean socially integrating is going to be super easy Um, you thought you had an idea of what to expect when you go there exactly yeah Um, when I went over um, one of the main things that really struck me and it never stopped surprising me until I left was Mm. the Japanese the Japanese way of non-confrontationism they okay wait, they, don't, wait, so, but let's, let's before get, you continue isn't england known for being the chief of passive aggressiveness like english culture you're telling me about that there was more like a country with <laughs> less that's, confrontation that's a thing <laughs> british politeness like so, we'll talk about it means there's there's a difference between british passive aggressiveness and japanese the japanese way of being non-confrontational they perfected okay. it. they they have turned it into basically an art form. <laughs> um so with with a british conversation you can look like you're having an okay conversation but you can you can always sense there's an there's a sort of passive aggressive undertone and you could walk away thinking oh that guy was an asshole yeah um he just didn't with, say it exactly yeah, yeah. Mm. with with Japanese people, you may you may have a conversation and you'd walk away thinking 
that was a quality conversation that was really really good and the other person you you wouldn't just you would just not know that that person was taking the mick or they were telling you off they it could be it could have been a whole bunch of things and you would walk away thinking that was a really quality conversation with a smile on your face like that's that's how good they are that's ridiculous yeah it's it's insane like non-confrontationalism there is it's it's annoying to deal with but quite beautiful to watch <laughs> when you're not involved when yeah you're not. from the outside in it looks amazing <laughs> so with um so with that do, is it do you feel is it something that's um is it something that the whole con i mean the whole country is never going to be the same but is it something that you feel is generally accepted that that's that's how confrontation is approached in japan yeah quite i'm pretty pretty sure like all over japan non-confrontationalism is just the way of doing things culturally it's just the way of doing things it's slightly it's slightly different in um, the kansai area so around osaka kyoto um nara all all those areas um it's a little different um they're a lot they're slightly less um non-confrontational and they don't they don't mind telling you things openly um but in other parts of the country it's um it's just a generally accepted rule like be if you're going to tell somebody off if you're going to uh talk to them about something be kind and um don't start an argument okay so in that exam- in that situation for instance how did you experience reverse culture shock when you come back to the UK and you have this mindset now of how to approach confrontation um that that's a, that's a really interesting one so um my manager right now is japanese oh really yeah <laughs> and, imagine um, that <laughs> so so he went he went to me one day and he went hey i mean this this here is um it's a little bit strange could you could you investigate that for me please um now that that just there shocked mm. me because if i was in japan that conversation would have went completely different yeah. completely differently like he would have just went i mean um i'm i'm really interested in um what's what's going on here okay that's that's the conversation <laughs> that, okay. that's it like, yeah. where, where's the rest <laughs> that's that's it you you literally have to read you have to read their mind like he's i guess if if he was going to do it the japanese way of things mm-hmm. oh saying something's very interest interesting um it means it's out of the ordinary and i'm not sure what's going on here um have a look and tell me what's going on mm-hmm. um but whereas your manager was just like very direct this is a little out this out. investigate <laughs> yeah sort this it out. is the issue yeah go figure it out <laughs> exactly yeah so and and you were shocked like you were like oh shall I got told off did you feel more like you got told off no not really i didn't i didn't feel like i got told off um 
Oh, wait, was he saying investigate an issue that is not related to you doing something wrong? Or was he saying you did something that's a bit weird? Oh, it was just, um, it was just something about, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with my performance or anything. Oh, okay, gotcha. It gotcha. was, it was just completely professional, just about how, how the business works. Um, and he wanted me to investigate something. Um, but yeah, he was very direct about it and that really shocked me i was like a japanese guy actually told me what he wanted it's I a really, miracle it was one it was like, like you know this is that's one of the weird parts of life i feel like life is like i'm gonna make a quick joke here's the other guy experiencing reverse culture shock in england yeah. because he's like why didn't why is a mean reacting like this like i was just being honest yeah meanwhile i mean it's like what the fuck jeez why is it why are you being so aggressive about it I mean, not aggressive, but like, damn, I can't believe you've been direct with yeah. me. Yeah. Do you, I feel okay? So I was talking to some people earlier about this topic, right? And uh, one thing they felt was really interesting is the idea of routine. Like, when it comes to routines, where, let's say, where do you when you came back to England? Were you able to get back into your old routines, like like your old people you go to see, things you do? Or did you have to take a time, like a period of time to readjust to normal life here? That's an interesting one because when I was about, about last year, about this time last year, I came back to London to visit and I was in, I was in my routine in Japan. Um, and I came back here and it was just like second nature. Um, I just immediately adjusted back to the way I was back in London um, in terms in terms of routine, in terms of um, everything I did, really. Um, so initially I thought that's how it's going to be when I come back permanently. Mm. But now that I'm back, I guess, I guess it's, I'm not the same old me. Um, I have picked some things up along the way. So I guess it's, it's part of my it's part of my UK routine mixed with things that I really liked about myself in Japan which I've brought back with me. So I've got the best of both worlds going on. Is there ever a weirdness? I mean, is there ever, is it ever difficult to practice some things about yourself that you discovered in Japan when you're back here? Like you know you might have picked up a habit there which you now have um, adopted as something that you like about yourself. If you're in the UK, is it difficult to practice that? Or do you like catch yourself and like, ooh, this is not, is this accepted here? Or do you just, you know, does it matter? I guess some things, some things when it comes to my routine are, are different. Um, for example, the Japanese have quite a lot of rules. They have so, so many rules actually. Um, <laughs> One of them is not talking on the phone when you're on public transport. Wow. That's a very, that's a very good wow. one. I just feel like the UK, let me just, <laughs> I'm so sorry to go this way, but I just feel like the UK should adopt that rule. There's some things we can learn from other people. People should stop talking on the fucking buses. But yeah, go on. Do you know how annoying it is listening to your conversations? It's so loud. It's like, we no, don't I'm care not who you're you. beefing with. We don't is. care who you or your, your auntie was sleeping with. You don't care, you know? But sorry, yeah, go on. Exactly, exactly. Like no one, <laughs> no one wants other people's drama on their morning commute. 
Um, wow, what a concept. I guess it's like a whole part of like collective responsibility in Japan um, where everyone, everyone does something to make everybody's, everybody else's life easier. So not okay. talking on the huh? phone in Japan um, allows other people to have a nap before they get to their destination, for example. Or if you want to enjoy a quiet train or, and get some reading done, um, then by all means you can do that because people aren't going to be talking on the phone. People aren't going to be loud and disruptive. Um, so I guess that's that's one of the rules, not talking on the, on the phone in Japan. And um, now that I'm in now that I'm in London, uh, sometimes I get phone calls and I just ignore them when I'm on the when I'm on the bus or something. I remember I think my second day back, I was on I was on the bus and this guy was talking on the phone, and I got so offended and I was like, <laughs> "Wait, why am, why am I so offended? What's going on?" He's breaking the rule. Yeah. Was it on the same the day rule. as the manager? <laughs> Because you're like, okay, first the manager was direct. Now this guy's on the phone. What is happening here? <laughs> L- luckily not. I would have exploded. But... That's interesting. Wow. That is... But, you, but would you... So with reverse culture shock, right? Yeah. Does it mean that if you had the chance, you would move back to Japan and live there? That's, that's a question I ask myself quite a bit. Because at the moment, I do feel homesick. Um, homesick of Japan yeah it's weird for me to say but I do feel homesick of Japan I know Japan isn't my permanent home but it was my home for a while wouldn't that be in football (laughs) (laughs) Oasic I guess so yeah (laughs) sorry sorry. there's more where that came from (laughs) but (laughs) Jesus yeah um, I guess yeah I do feel homesick of Japan but I don't I don't think Japan, I don't think I could live in Japan permanently. Visit for sure. And mm-hmm. I very much would love to visit. Um, maybe do an extended visit. But in terms of living there and living there permanently, um, I'm not sure about that one. Why um, not? Well, first of all, just being in Japan is. Um, it it can be inconvenient sometimes as a foreigner. Mm. Um, socially, they are is- pretty isolated. Um, so it's very hard to socially integrate. Uh, very, very hard to socially integrate sometimes. Um, and once you've fully integrated, you get, you get hit with a whole bunch of um, responsibility, um, which I don't know. I feel like I don't want. Um, mm. Also, it's quite inf- inconvenient um, in some terms for for foreigners. Uh, is very inconvenient, especially when it comes to like your visa, your visa situation, what kind of jobs you can get. Um, when it comes to politically and when it comes to the law, yeah, it's pretty it's pr- pretty unfair um, on that front as well. Um, so for those reasons. I don't I don't think I could live there permanently. Don't get me wrong, Japan's a beautiful country. Their pe- their people are beautiful, their food is beautiful. Um and I guess I feel like it's better to appreciate the beauty 
from the outside, from, okay, or at least in small far. doses. Yeah. Rather than right there on the inside. Yeah. That's fair enough. Well, mm. thank you, Amin, for having this discussion with us. It's a very interesting topic. Here. Oh, we're going to keep you here for a bit longer. Hey, okay. <laughs> we're just signing out for part one. All right. <laughs> it's been another episode of Our Inner Voices. Say bye, guys. See ya. Peace. Bye. Peace out. This week's tune is brought to you by the rap duo BD and Flex. As you might recall, a few months as you might recall, a few months ago we featured uh, BD and Flex. Woke up. You can check that out on YouTube and Spotify and everywhere else you listen to music. But today it's a new premiere, fam. It's Gangly BD and Flex. Check that out. Dropping right now. Love. From a young age, my jelly foot wear with that wang. I was doing fashion when you done roll, nigga. We ain't the same. My wear straight to the head. Put a nigga feeling lean. Got bed, all the fits beats. Good man's money, said we can't eat. Now I'm stopping white girl doing no feeds. Had that drip when I was 17. Wear some new shit, fuck with the team. Fuck with the gang, fuck with the team. Fuck with the gang, fuck with the team. Fuck with the gang, fuck with the gang. Yo, fuck with us, man. Trust me, the team. It was early with this shit. My jelly drip. Cost, cost. Very gangly. Gangly, and that's on me. Real stand is gangly. Yo, please before. come jump you. Now I got this blood. Jump you. Now I got this blood. Wait, wait, wait. J ones on my feet. D two T the clothes. I pray to the Holy Ghost. Tryna be whipping in the ghost. Don't go for shows and shows. Conversation with my bros. Comes flash, flash, flows. Me flash trends and cold. Been rolling that dojo. Back alley with all my foes She don't even know I told Me and Flex like Cheech and Chong That ain't loud, man, that ain't strong That ain't strong That ain't loud, man, that ain't strong Nothing long, long It's long, blood You just got that quiet, man You ain't got that loud, you ain't got that loud, you might catch me in Paris, cross the country for the bands I'll be dashing. Tell my niggas trap and we do some fashion. All so fat, couldn't even manage. From west to south, all my niggas do damage. Hitting with the AK shots, we pack it. Never lack it. Never lack it, yeah. All my niggas move so savage. Talk about kicks, we really had it. Head to toe, man, I'm flexing. Head to toe, man, I'm flexing. You know I do damage, pack disappears like magic. I'm woke up, I told you that I'm a younger than a veteran, never settling. A nine to five ain't been part of my character, but I ain't mad at y'all. Get your balance up, I still run, run to the check, pay me respect, car, got my balance up. Yeah, I got my balance up. No, I got my balance up.